The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, technology startups. Wow. Okay, some entrepreneurs soar to success right from the get-go. How do they do it? Well, let's just say they simply deliver something the world really needs right now, and they do it uniquely well. We have a panel of in-the-trenches startup experts today who will share First-hand insights on the vision, the planning, the brains, the brawn, the teams, the funding, and other challenges. So let's get started. I'm going to introduce you to my panel, Frank Vrabel from Semantic Visions. I have my quotes, of course. Frank quotes Herman Hess from Siddhartha Chapter 6, those of you who like your attributions. Frank says, I can think, I can wait, I can fast. We'll be talking to Frank in just a moment and find out his story about Semantic Visions and how his company hit the ground running. Also joining us today is Rick Dutta from Next Visionix. And Rick quotes, well, Woodrow Wilson, what a great panel of quotes we have here. He says, we should not only use the brains we have, but all that we can borrow. I think I ought to crochet that on a cushion somewhere, Rick. We'll be talking to Rick in just a moment. Also joining us is Dan Summers from Warwick Analytics. And he says, many entrepreneurs, listen carefully, everyone. Many entrepreneurs, particularly first-timers, believe that money is the answer to all their prayers, and they do whatever it takes to raise it. This was from an article Dan sent me. It's his own words. Words of wisdom, to be sure. We'll be asking Dan more about that in a moment. And rounding out our panel is Costa Mitra from SAP, and he quotes George Bernard Shaw. Well, I feel like a walking uh, quote dictionary today. And he says, the reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. I have a sense that my four panelists, Frank, Rick, Dan, and Kostov, are all unreasonable men with great reasoning. So join us for more insights on Startup Insider from What If to Wow. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We are coming to you live it's Wednesday, July 17, 2013, and this is Coffee Break with Game Changers. Let me tell you about my guests, but first a quick question for my listeners. Do you know the many ways mobility can transform your business? We have a free CIO playbook ready for you to download. Click any banner here on our show page on the Business Channel and go find it. I've got 10 other offers for you as well. So let's find out who's on our panel. 
Frank Vrabel is a serial entrepreneur with Silicon Valley experience. He's the CEO of Prague-based startup Semantic Visions, the world leader in semantic analysis, and he'll tell us what that is in a few minutes, and open source data processing. The firm runs on SAP HANA-based web mining system to rapidly and seamlessly analyze unstructured content. They maximize 500 million documents and 25 billion metadata elements. Welcome, Frank Vrabel. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. We have a lovely summer day, actually already afternoon here in Prague. Wonderful. Thanks for dialing in. I think this is the first time we've had anybody call in from Prague. So we'll be talking to you more when we get to the What's in Your Cup segment and finding out what you're drinking at this time of the day. Thank you, Frank. Joining us also is Rick Dutta. Thank you. The Rick Dutta, the CEO and chairman of Next Vision Nix, a company focused in the retail BI and analytics space. Very, very popular topic here on Game Changers Radio. Rick is also a serial entrepreneur. He has 25 years of experience in high tech. Through his holding company, his current passive and active investments include mobile, telecommunications, and software segments. Rick Dutta, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Bonnie. I'm calling in from sunny Southern California. Wonderful. And I'm listening to you from sunny New York, so that's good. we got coast-to-coast sunshine. I think we're going to be sharing so many insights and and wisdom from you and Frank and Dan and Kostov today that we're going to light up a lot of people's lives if they're entrepreneurs or if they're thinking about it or if they've thought about it in the past. So thank you for joining us today, Rick. Also, let's talk to Dan Summers. He's the co-founder and CEO of Warwick Analytics. He's also an angel investor and a partner at Boundary Capital, an early-stage tech venture capital fund. Dan was the founder and CEO of video conferencing provider VCNet, which he started in 2000 and exited in a trade sale 11 years later in 2011. Dan Summers, welcome. How are you today? Good afternoon. It is in the UK, and I uh, hate to break a disappointment, but it is incredibly sunny here also in London. (laughs) Well, we've got worldwide sunshine. I think this bodes very well for everybody who is listening. Okay. And also joining us is Kostov Mitra, the VP and Global Program Lead for SAP Startup Focus. Kostov has 10 years of leadership experience in a managed services firm and hands-on experience in every aspect of startup and post-startup businesses, and you've also had your own company. You are versed in P&L management, CXO level, communication, strategic marketing, biz development, and recurring revenue business models. Who doesn't want to have a recurring revenue business model? Costa Mitro, welcome. How are you today? Doing very well. Greetings from Palo Alto, Bonnie, heart of Silicon Valley. Wonderful. And tell me it's sunny there, yes? It is sunny here. It's a whole global phenomenon. We have a full house of sunshine. This is beautiful. Okay. All right. Let me go back into my opening here. We're going to pull this apart one quote at a time. So let's start with our Herman Hess quoter, Frank Rabel. You say, and you quote Herman Hess, I can think, I can wait, I can fast. What does that have to do with startup in terms of uh, our startup insider is our topic today. So what does it have to do with being a startup, thinking like a startup? Talk to me, Frank Rabel, please. You know, being smart is a good thing, but uh, and it's a clear prerequisite uh, for success. But um, um, running a startup um, brings a lot of problems, and mm-hmm. uh, the road to success is very long. The patience and tranquility is much more important often than just being smart uh, or having a knowledgeable team. Um, you need a lot of persistence. Um, you need uh, uh, to keep focused on your big goal, and this is the 
prerequisite uh, to finally achieve it. You have to take into account that uh, just one out of 999 uh, startup entrepreneurs uh, will be successful. Well, that's better chances of winning the lottery, but it certainly is challenging nonetheless. Uh, you talk about it's great to be smart and it's great to all that. The, the last part of the Herman Hess quote, Frank, is I can fast. Is the implication there that you may have to go sleepless and foodless while you're ramping up your company and putting it all together? What, what's the modern-day implication of I can fast? The, mod, the modern-day implication, in my experience, is that um, <clears throat> during the course of time, and mainly dealing with uh, the VC investors, uh, they are trying to uh, propose or to offer you um, a simpler solution uh, that uh, in some way deteriorate uh, the big uh, goal that you have in mind. And they offer you to, um, uh, to get revenue earlier. Uh, and this is, um, this is something that uh, the ability of, uh, of fasting uh, will prevent you to take this uh, cheap, uh, to, to accept this cheap offer. Interesting. Thank you very much, Frank. We're going to move on to Rick Dada from Next Visionix. And you quote Woodrow Wilson. What an esteemed panel of quoted, quoted, uh, quoted, quoted people today. You say you should not only use the brains we have, but all that we can borrow. So what kind of brains do you suggest that a startup entrepreneur borrow? Rick Dada, talk to me. Well, the reason I put this quote, first of all, is that, you know, you, like you think about in today's world, if you have a mobile device and a Google search engine in front of you, I think a 10-year-old can answer any question on politics, science, or any complicated topic <laughs> and have true. an intelligent debate, right? And uh, so that's why I thought about the quote, because it really comes back to, uh, and I talk to my kids about it, I talk to, in a lecture setting with students in work and to my customers, Right. So that's mm-hmm. where the world is changing, and when you look at, uh, you know, whosoever is an entrepreneur here is trying to adjust to it, right? Uh, you know, not only about uh, his or her knowledge, but trying to accumulate knowledge from, uh, you know, all around and trying to come up with a creative idea and the passion behind it. So that's, that's why I thought about this quote this morning. I think it's great. I think it's a great quote. We'll be talking to you more in a few minutes. Thank you. Let's move on to Dan Summers at Warwick Analytics. Dan, you sent me a quote for the show, but I went and did a little looking up, and you sent me a bunch of links, and I found an article in FreshBusinessThinking.com, an article in which you were quoted and interviewed, and I love this quote. So excuse me for putting this in, but I thought it was very apropos, especially among the other quotes our our, uh, panel has provided. You say many entrepreneurs, particularly first-timers, believe that money is the answer to all their prayers and they do whatever it takes to raise it why is this or is this false thinking dan summers well sometimes it can be self-fulfilling in a good way Uh, generally speaking though uh, it's very seductive to network with the city to schmooze with the the angels and the vcs and sometimes you spend your life focusing on your early life on focusing on raising money rather than creating value and i'm put my hand up here uh, you can't see it on the radio but I've literally got my hand up because it's exactly what I did in my first business and it kind of dovetails into uh, some of the other points made that um, you know the, the VCs and particularly Frank's point is um, uh, you know the VCs want their pound of flesh as, as, as they deserve and, and now that I'm part of a venture capital company myself I can see both sides very clearly but in this particular startup it's all about focusing on the value 
Yes, you've got to raise money. Yes, you've got to have your funders interested. But if you focus on actually building value first, then you are really doing your A game and you should stick to it. Very good. Thank you, Dan. And we, I did want to bring that in because we're talking, I think, more philosophically in terms of the mindset and how do you put it together. But money always enters the picture. You've got to have something. You can't just build everything from nothing. So we'll be coming back to that. Thank you, Dan. And Kostov, we have about uh, two minutes left in this segment. And, of course, I want to talk to you about your George Bernard Shaw quote. You quote Mr. Shaw, and he said, the reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable man persists in trying to adapt the the world to himself. How many people do we know like that, parenthetically? And therefore, and this is the nut here, therefore all progress depends on the unreasonable man. So, Kostov, you were involved in a startup, I believe, of your own, and you still have some ties to that. How unreasonable does this DNA of the startup have to be, the successful startup? Um, I think all startup founders are inherently a little bit insane, Bonnie. Uh, that's Thank you. Thank. Say it again. I want to hear. Let's get that out right now. Say it again. Go ahead, Costum. Say I, it again. And you could quote me on this. Yes, all startup founders are inherently insane, and 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 the reason for that. I mean, if you look at all the startup founders we have on this panel today, and the other 500 we've got in the program, um, they're all incredibly bright, talented, creative, passionate people and could easily walk into the best jobs which are out there and you know, basically have a nice, comfortable, happy life uh, without any of the stress that goes with uh, trying to build a successful company. And yet all of them, because of this inherent need, this inherent uh, creative drive to want to change the world, um, that's why they jump into this unruly world of entrepreneurship and, and start of them. And um, eventually, like Frank said, you know, only a few of them are successful but the ones who are are the ones who actually deliver the big change in this world. And you can look back at the last you know, 40 years and you'll see how much of what we experience as technology today um, has come because of the vision of a few people like Frank and Dan and, um, and Rick. And you as well. Very well put. I love that. I'm going to quote when I have a chance. I'm tweeting alone today, but I'm going to quote this in a moment. All startup founders are inherently insane, says Kostov Mitra from SAP. I love it. You know, we should have started the show with that. That should have been the title. Instead of Startup Insider, what if to wow, it should have been you're insane. Have a startup. Be successful. Okay. You know what? That takes us with a big smile to our first break. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham talking to to Frank Vrabel, Rick Dutta, Dan Summers, and Costa Mitra. Lots of words of wisdom. I'm going to ask them to tell us in the next segment when we get to our roundtable what their companies are all about, how insane they were when they started them, and how sanity may be creeping through the clouds into the sunlight. When we come back, don't even think of touching that dial, that app, that mouse, that phone. Brad out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com 
it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. And here we are, and we're back, and it's time to find out what is in my gas cups or glasses or steins or wherever they are, whatever they're drinking, tankards. So let's go in order. Frank Vrabel, you're in Prague. What are you drinking? What time of day is it? Uh, it's afternoon. It's like 5.30. Uh, okay. And uh, since uh, <clears throat> it's too late for coffee, at least uh, in, in, in my habit, in my habits, I'm drinking tea, uh, which uh, reminds me uh, of uh, yes. you know, a story that I would like to share with you. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was a big-time mountaineer, and uh, after, after, year, after many years, I took my wife uh, uh, to Himalaya, to Nepal. And uh, once, uh, once upon a time, we were sipping tea in a remote area of Nepal that was under control of uh, Maoist guerrilla. And, and out of um, uh, all of a sudden, a strange guy came. Uh, strange guys came, and uh, on behalf of the Maoist guerrilla, asked for protection money, since, since the amount was not uh, too too small. Um, I I asked him for a family discount uh, since I was there with my wife, uh, and there were three, <laughs> and, and there were three children at home. And believe me or not, uh, they they finally uh, agreed, and um, uh, and they gave us uh, like a fifty percent discount. And in addition to that, they provide us with a receipt where it was written uh, that uh, I became a temporary member, six month member of the Communist Maoist uh, Party of Nepal. Oh, my word. That's, I, I was going to ask you a very mundane question, like what kind of tea are you drinking today? But right now I don't care. What a great story. <laughs> great story. That's the first time we've had that kind of anecdote on the show. Thank you, Frank. You're very, very brave. Okay, Rick, I won't ask you to top that, my dear, but Rick, what are you drinking today? Well, it's uh, 8 o'clock in the morning here in California time, so I'm yes. drinking my first uh, cup of coffee here. It's all bold, and it's Starbucks. Okay, and all bold. That means it's high test, right? <laughs> yep, that's it. And it just uh, keeps my creative juices flowing early in the morning and um, getting my conversation going here, right? And uh, I, I don't know whether you are aware of it, that uh, I was doing some research on coffee, and it says, you know, what does coffee do? Coffee blocks uh-huh. the receptors out there, which gives signals to your brain not to slow down, okay, when you have low energy. So that's why I drink my cup of coffee in the morning. <laughs> Very interesting. I like that. Is there a special flavor you enjoy particularly at Starbucks, Rick? Uh, that's what I mentioned, tall, bold, and tall, bold. black coffee. Yep. Okay, well, I have a secret for you. Not a secret. They don't let me have caffeine on live radio show days. What can I say? Okay, Dan Summers, Warwick Analytics, what are you drinking right now or your best story ever? What's in your cup? Uh, so being, being from London in the U.K., I travel a lot around the world, um, mm-hmm. and whether it's Asia or the States, 
wherever I am, I have to have my, my English tea. It's a very, um, very sad, but uh, it um, <laughs> is my little comfort in life. Anything else, desert island, I would always have my Twinings, Assam or Darjeeling. And, that's what I, and even though it's hot now, in a very silly British way, uh, a cup of tea is the best way to cool down even on a hot day. I don't know. Uh, I think I've heard that so many times that I now believe it, even though it probably doesn't make sense. <laughs> I love it. A little bit of self-deprecation is always very charming. Thank you. Thank you for that. Kostov, can you top that? I have to ask, what are you drinking today, Kostov? I'm not even going to try and top Frank's story <laughs> because I have never been captured by Maoist gorillas. I have never been. Ni non plus. Yeah. I'm actually drinking... Um, a Tesora Mocha from Phil's Coffee here in Palo Alto. So, um, for as I mentioned, Palo Alto is you know the, the the heart of Silicon Valley. This is the the gravity center of of Silicon Valley, and therefore of a lot of innovation in the world. And Phil's Coffee is the the epicenter of Palo Alto. This is where a lot of the deals happen. This is where you find the VCs and the angels and the entrepreneurs ah, hanging out. And they make, a, they make a mean cup of coffee. So would recommend uh, uh, and anyone check it out if they happen to be in the area. There well, that's is, a great uh, plug. Yes, go ahead. Where, where's your yeah. favorite fills? Is there a particular place? Are there more locations? Yeah. They actually have three or four locations, but the one I go okay. to is right around the corner from my house. It's on Middlefield Avenue. Uh, uh, right here in the center of Palo Alto. And it, it, the first time I went to Phil's and I discovered this place, um, it was an eye-opener as to why, what makes uh, Silicon Valley and Palo Alto in particular um, so unique. And you know, things that you take for granted elsewhere in the world, models get turned um, upside down on their heads. So the first time I go out there, there's a homeless guy standing outside, you know, in a torn T-shirt and jeans dipping mm. a cup of coffee. And, uh, you know, people are walking by and so on and so forth. And I go order my coffee. I come out and said homeless person at the end of it uh, finishes his coffee, drops it in the trash, walks up to a Ferrari, hops in the driver's seat and drives off. And I would wager you would never see that anywhere else in the world. (laughs) Literally, this is someone who looks... Wow. Well, he's either a fashion trendsetter or uh, something good happened to him on the way to Phil's. I was going to say that Malcolm Kimberlin, my my uh, absent today, but nonetheless here in spirit, co-producer, he's actually on a business slash vacation trip to Washington, D.C., standing in front of the White House uh, about an hour ago. Uh, he is a big fan of Phil's coffee. Used to be an Equator Coffees fan, but he changed his loyalty. So he's always talking about Phil. So thank you for filling in where Malcolm wasn't around to do what you did at Cost of Exceptionally Well. And those of you with Google Maps and all those locators, you know where to find Costa right now. So if you're in Silicon Valley, go visit them at that place at this time at Starbucks, at Phil's. And anybody else, you can find them wherever they are. So let's get down to brass tacks here. Our show today is called Startup Insider, from what if to wow. I thought that was an interesting way to say, hey, everybody's got a dream, a gleam, something in their mind. I can do this better. I have a new idea. I can come out out of the gate, running, hitting the ground, and go wow and take the world by storm. So before we get into your business talking points you sent me before the show, I'd like to hear your stories in, in about as much depth as you can give me in about a minute and a half each. So Frank Vrabel, let's start out with you're a serial entrepreneur. We know you're the CEO of Prague-based startup Semantic Visions. I know you have a history of startups. So tell me, why do you call yourself a serial entrepreneur? And tell us from the insider standpoint, how insane are you? And is that continuing? And, and uh, just give me a little insider on, on who Frank really is. Talk to me for a minute and a half. So 
as I mentioned before, I'm a former mountaineer and I was one of the best extreme skiers in the world. So uh, I'm really, or I was really insane. Um, but I, in 80s, uh, uh, when I was doing mountaineering, I was unable to uh, to work or to do job that I would uh, prefer to do because I was living in a communist country. When, uh, when the political change happened in uh, 1989, I started to, uh, to uh, build companies, and I built companies, several companies, uh, started with, um, with real estate development. Uh, I was, um, I was uh, uh, creating, or I, was, I had a management consulting firm. Uh, I had a, an IT security firm. Uh, I was uh, representing um, large companies um, and working with them uh, in the field of defense and security. Um, and I spent almost two years in, uh, in Palo Alto in years uh, 2000 and 2008. So mm -hmm. this is my brief, uh, uh, this is my brief background. So, so going back to what Kostov said, that all startup founders are inherently insane. What were you insane about? Was it, I can do this, nobody's ever done it before, I'm going to come out and do a wow company? Or did you just feel there was nothing that would satisfy your life's purpose that was around you in terms of a quote-unquote real job or a steady job? What was in your mind, Frank, that said, I can do this, I'm going to be a startup, I'm going to be a success? What, what propelled you? Oh. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I had some sort of uh, unique uh, background because I spent, I was traveling a lot with, uh, around the globe with my parents uh, when I was young. Mm -hmm. And I spent um, um, important years in Baghdad, in Iraq. And at that time, it was a completely different country. And I was fond of history and archaeology. And uh, this gave me a different view on the world, mm -hmm. uh, that the world is so much interconnected and there, that uh, there was so much in past, and that, the, that the, there exist uh, different parts of the world, like the Middle East and India, China, and Europe and Africa and the United States. And then when I started to work with the U.S. military, and I was in daily contact with, uh, with um, <clears throat> high-ranking uh, general officers in the U.S. military, uh, they, they had a, uh, though they were extremely knowledgeable, uh, and uh, just just great guys, mm -hmm. their experience was completely different. Uh, the the viewpoint or the angle, uh, the view angle from the United States uh, is was so much different uh, to my uh, to my life experience. And because uh, I had an opportunity to be part of uh, the decision making processes in defense and security, I knew that. Um, if there would exist a system that would mm -hmm. be able to interconnect uh, the information that exists in, in different languages, like uh, Arabic, and Chinese, and, and Russian, that the world would uh, understand uh, each other better and that there would be finally a safer uh, world. So this was my initial, uh, initial thought or aspiration that came to my mind, and, and we started uh, to build a completely new kind of system that would be able to, uh, to do what I just um, uh, described. 
Talk about thinking outside the box. Did you have this inherent feeling that you could be successful right from the start, or do you have any doubts, Frank? Just tell me briefly because we're just about to take a break, and when we come back on the other side, we'll talk to Rick and Dan and Costa of uh, each, each and find out their stories. So, Frank, tell me, did you have this sense that I can do this better than anybody else, that this is my idea, I own it, and I have the tools and the, the mindset and the, the people, the connections to make this successful? What did you think at the beginning, yes or no? I had no doubts. I was self, no. self-confident enough. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, and what we're getting here today, uh, for, to my listeners, is we're getting a good profile from the inside out of Startup Insider. We were going to talk about a lot of technology. We'll get to that later in the show, but I believe it's a very valuable thing for my listeners to understand who these people are who come out of the box kicking and screaming, saying, yes, I have a unique idea and I can make it happen and people will benefit from it. So when we come back, we're going to hear the story of Rick Dutta from Next Vision X, followed by Dan Summers from Warwick Analytics. And rounding it out, we're going to find out from Costa Mitra at SAP, his own startup experience, and we're going to find out why SAP and startup don't really belong in the same sentence, although they do now. They didn't before. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Brad out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at twitter hashtag sapradio now let's get back to coffee break with game changers and here we are, and we're talking about Startup Insider, Insider Out, finding out who are these people who know how to do it. They have confidence. They have brains. They have plans. But who are they? Very rarely do we get to have a chance to hear them. You might read a lot of print articles and a lot of blogs about startups, but you're getting to hear them, their personalities, their voices. Who are these people who have entered the tech startup world and hit the ground running and are making a difference? Yes, yes, yes. We just heard from Frank Vrabel from Semantic Visions. Now we're going to turn the tables, the virtual roundtable where we're sitting here at Coffee Break with Game Changers, and we're going to focus next on Rick Dutta from Next Vision X. Rick, talk to me. What's your story? How did you start? Any similarities or differences between you and how Frank came out of the box and said, yes, I've got a great idea? Talk to me, Rick. Sure. Um, other than the fact, as Costa said, uh, somehow we have to be having it in our genes uh, to be in a startup situation. I think yes. uh, really my story is very simple. Uh, for, uh, you know, I was working for the first few years of my professional life, and one day I get up in the morning, read an article out there saying that 
if you knew you had to die within a year, would you be doing mm-hmm. the same thing? Mm-hmm. And the and it goes on to saying, how about after a couple of years or five years? So that was my awakening point and say, well, I need to uh, start my first business, right? So that's what really happened. So it's all about thinking what you're passionate about, and that's what made me start. And I think the other thing uh, what I had to do was to think about that you have to have the willingness to fail. I think it's a whole, uh, yes. uh, it, it, like it's theoretical when someone says that, hey, uh, you know, startups are there, they're just going through the process out there. Uh, you just don't hear about how many times they fail before they succeeded. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really where the whole thing comes down to. It's about passion for innovation. It's about willingness to fail and ability to know what you don't know, right? Learn what you yes. don't know and uh, really understand your value of your peer network. And, and, and really that's what got me started, all those things out there. Very interesting. Now, Rick, I have to ask you, why did you focus on the retail BI and analytics space? Was there something about it that intrigued you? Was that what your educational or first early work experience background was in? Uh, why there? Why there? And why high tech? You could have probably done 100 other things. Why high tech and why BI and analytics? Tell me. Sure. Uh, high tech was because probably I went to college out here and being close to Silicon Valley out there, it uh, it's all, almost uh, became my second nature, right? Uh, this is my third startup. I didn't start off in the retail world. Uh, my first startup was in 1990s out there. And this time, uh, this particular company I started a few years back. And really the reason I started this was it, uh, like a couple of simplistic things which I saw, right? You, like you look at Facebook, you look at uh, these type of companies, how are they going to make money? They're going to be making money out of uh, out of all, you know, making sure they can really put right ads out there for mm-hmm. the consumer brand companies. Then the next thing really which comes about, why retail? Retail is a changing world. If you think about retail, it's all about uh, mobile. The whole aspect of retail is changing. Right, yes. uh, you know, there's no more going to be just a physical world like entering a store and then a digital world going to the website. It's going to be all one. Mm-hmm. So there's a big change coming in retail with the consumers. It's all about mobile communications. It's about finding uh, total personalized service. You you don't want to go to a store and trying to search all around. Okay, you have to just go out there and you need personalized way of retailers providing you. Uh, the thing you want. So that's what really this whole thing is all about, okay, about the business intelligence, providing business intelligence to retailers so that they can make quick decisions, fast decisions out there so they can offer in this real changing world of retail. Very interesting. Are you having fun with Next NextVisionX? Absolutely. It's a fun time, uh, as I mentioned, you know, because I can go to a store, I can see what's happening. This is this is real. It's happening in front of me, right? Whatever mm-hmm. we are preaching to the customers, what we were doing, I go to the mall, I go to somewhere, I tag along with my wife to a mall, and I'm spending my time looking at what's happening. So it's fun. 
So you're working. The reason I brought up the fun word, not to be flip or, or uh, shallow here on the show, but we're talking about startups. We've talked about having a vision, and we've talked about your DNA. We've talked about, for example, with Frank, what was the seed, the germination of that idea of what the world needed, making the world a better place or a smarter place or a more connected place. In your case, with retail, it's a booming industry, and how are they going to survive, succeed, delight the customers, all kinds of channels. That's what we're talking about, Rick. But along the way, along with that inherent insanity, as Kostov said, that's now uh, out there on, uh, I put it on Twitter, sorry, Kostov, you're famous now, famous for that, st that statement, and I loved it. What about having fun? Because it's work. Let's be honest. A startup is work. You've got commitment. You've got people relying on you. You might have your, your family in the balance. How are you going to support yourself and your kids or your spouse or whatever, your family, your parents, a home, whatever your lifestyle is. Along the way, Rick Dutt, I'll ask you before we, we turn to Dan Summers. Are you allowed to have fun as a startup, or is it, OMG, I'm never going to smile for the next 20 years? Talk to me. Where does fun come into the DNA of a, of a visionary serial entrepreneur, Rick? You, you have to have fun at it, and, and the way I look at it is that uh, you just cannot think about your startup as work. That has mm -hmm. to be a passionate fun. Okay, okay, loving exercise for you. And, then, and and that's what we see. But do we have fun around the way? Ab absolutely, yes. Do you work 24 hours a day? Yes. But also you yes. take a few hours of your time to go out and uh, have fun. Otherwise, you won't have that energy out there, right? So it's all Good. about that. Good. I like that. I like that. We're trying to build this profile. Well, it's SAP Startup, so we're talking about technology. We're talking about Startup Insider, so we want to give everybody all of the qualities we're talking about. Dan Summers, co-founder and CEO of Warwick Analytics. Talk to me. How insane, how much fun, how much of that startup entrepreneurial DNA do you have? What's your story, Dan Summers? Well, I'm quite mad, um, for sure. <laughs> um, the I think there's definitely two types of entrepreneurs I've come across, those that are kind of accidental, maybe they got made redundant, and they can still be very successful. Mm -hmm. um, and also those, well, uh, yeah, and, and those where really they just looked at the world and they said, I don't want the world to owe me a living. Uh, I don't want to be on someone else's payroll. It, for some reason, just kind of, it just riles me to, to, to be in that situation. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. um, I'm such a person. Uh, I had a great job as a strategy consultant. I, I kind of... I loved it as much as it was very interesting, but um, I just was not cut out to be an employee. And, um, you know, in some ways that's a flaw. Um, I had to turn it to my advantage and I wanted to build. Um, I was not good enough to make a professional rugby player, but that was my one of my ambitions. Um, <laughs> okay. And I started having ideas, some of them very crazy. One of them I'll share with you um, yes. uh, was building... Um, devices and for transporting poultry, chickens and turkeys, um, live, keeping them fresh in transit. Um, mm -hmm. You might ask the question, how on earth does that relate to technology? It has no relevance at all. I'm just explaining <laughs> that um, uh, I was looking for great ideas or opportunities. Um, anyway, I ended up, my first business was video conferencing business, which I got in, built and got out of. And um, now I am absolutely passionate about Warwick. Um, there's an opportunity potentially to change the manufacturing industry, uh, which I can tell you about, um, but that's, where, that's how I'm here. 
Very, very interesting. Now, talk to me about the other side of Dan Summers. You're an angel investor and a partner in Boundary Capital, early stage technology venture capital fund. So you're finding those people. You're looking for them. You're saying, hey, how can I help other startups? What what side of your personality said to you, I want to help other people in addition to doing my own startups, Dan? So after I exited uh, my first business, I was kind of looking around and, uh, you know, it's a very kind of... uh, I don't know what the analogy is, but it's kind of like uh, selling a baby. And then it's kind of like, right, well, thanks, I've done that. Um, now I need to, you know, build another baby. That doesn't sound right, but whatever. Um, so, um, <laughs> we get it, we get it. Uh, along the way, along the way, without uh, using that analogy anymore, um, I looked Please for, um, you know, various uh, other partners and parties. Mm-hmm. And, you know, quite happy to fund them, support them, find finance and and. and Really, all of the mistakes that I've made, I call it experience, but all of the horrendous mistakes that I've made in the past <clears throat> is able to at least make sure that the guys that I'm with don't make those mistakes. I mean, I'm sure I'll make some new ones. I make them every day, but um, at least I'll prevent them from making the howlers that I made. And, uh, and it was very satisfying. Um, now, the kind of the good and the bad news is that um, I got very, I got, um, I found Warwick, which was a little bit of technology that was kind of, uh, orphan technology in a, in a university, clever, but a very long way off uh, being any use in a, in a commercial environment, and spent several years um, developing that um, and, uh, and coming up. But um, So in a way, it was almost my angel hat that led me to my current business. But I think it's very refreshing, uh, to keep me honest, on both sides of the line, because if you've been an entrepreneur, I think you make a better investor, and I think if you've been an investor, you make a better entrepreneur. Um, well, certainly if you take the lessons from both, you could probably be worse at both. But uh, if you're open-minded and you see this, see from both sides, um, you can you can get more out of each. Thank you, Dan. A little bit of a tautology, circular reasoning, something I learned years ago. Love that word. Costa Mitra, you're up. I have three minutes till the end of this segment. You're the VP and Global Program Lead for SAP Startup Focus. How did you get that job, and what is your direct startup experience? Because I know you have Mitra IT. Talk to me, Costa. Okay, so um, I guess uh, two two different things. As far as how I how I have this particular job, Bonnie, um, mm-hmm. I, I have to say, I mean, to a certain extent, I pretty much invented it. Um, ah, so, there's a uh, startup we, for you. Okay. Yeah, so I definitely view the whole startup effort at SAP as being a startup in its own right, and the entire program is a startup. Great. And uh, you know, there's more we can talk about this later, but I found SAP to be a, a wonderfully uh, supportive environment in which. Um, within which to do this. Um, but to go back to uh, the specifics, I was actually supposed to be, by all accounts, a professor of economics. Oh, I'm still a okay. little baffled by that's what my, my dad was a professor. My assumption was that everyone becomes professors when they become older. So I was actually working towards my PhD in economics at uh, the University of Southern California. And, uh, and, and one day decided, my wife told me I was getting married, that uh, I need to go out and find a real job. And through a series of accidents, actually ended up finding myself in a $2,000 a month sales job at a hardware company. Okay. And while I was still scratching my head about how that exactly happened, and I'd never yeah. dreamt of selling anything before in my life, and there's always a certain image about sales, which for people who aren't in it can be, you know, you, you get daunted by it or you think that's not really something I want to do. And just going through that experience taught me that sales is actually an incredibly fulfilling career, and you actually have to be very, very smart to be good at it. So, um, so I joined this company, and I'm, I'm out there selling, and this was at the peak of the dot-com boom, and I suddenly found very, very large amounts of, uh, of money which could be made 
doing sales if you're doing it well and you're looking out for your customers. So that one thing led to another, and I said, well, you know, if I can do this for someone else, I could probably do it for myself. And that's what led to uh, led to the, the starting of my startup. And I, I, I launched it. I grew it for the next 10 years, got bored of it, and uh, and sold it. And I was looking around for the next thing to do when a friend of mine called up and said, you know, you really should take a look at SAP because we're doing some very cool things out here. And I had never thought of a job in a corporate environment. Sure. But once I came in, I did find... Uh, uh, contrary to what uh, what people outside may think, SAP is this wonderfully entrepreneurial company, uh, which gave me the opportunity to pitch this idea and you know got all the support we needed to take it a step further. Um, but there, there are two other quick observations I'd like to add as well, um, uh, Bonnie. Yes, I'll okay? give you another minute. We're at break, but I'm going to extend it. We'll take a little away from the last segment. So go ahead, Kostov. I'm not going to interrupt you. Please continue. Okay. Just really quick, I mean, going back to things that uh, two things that Rick said. I think at the fundamental part of uh, as far as far as you know, if this if you had a one year to live, I think a large part of of startup them and what I see in common with all of the founders out there is really the sense is none of them want to wake up in the morning not wanting to go to work, um, no matter uh, what their passes are, no what what the pressure yes. is. Yes, yes. These are all people who want to do something which. You know, when that final day comes and we all go to meet our maker, they want to look back at a life well spent and saying, not be saying, oh, I wish I did, I wish I could have, you know, I should have done when. So a large part of, um, I think, the startup DNA is this very, very strong focus on a life without regrets. So, uh, and that's very much the way I lead my life as well. So just to wrap up. I appreciate that. You know, if we were to put together a summary, I, I think I'll let you all, when we come back, we're going to have our crystal ball predictions. So I'm going to let you predict uh, for yourselves, where do you think you'll be in five years in 2018? But more than that, how do you think the culture of startups, of serial entrepreneurs, what will that mindset be in five years? Will people be thinking like all of you? Will they start in perhaps a job they didn't understand how they got there or follow a family tradition of professorship or whatever it is and one day wake up? Or will Will we be in enhancing their opportunity for people to find out their entrepreneurial stripes, if you will, to discover them earlier on in life? So we're going to go to our break now and come back and talk again in the final crystal ball segment to Frank Vrabel, Rick Dutta, Dan Summers, Costa Mitra. Great panel today. What stories? Thank you for sharing. This is amazing. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. And by the way, Costa, I brought the idea for Coffee Break with Game Changers to SAP over two years ago. So this is a startup as well. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that up. Brad, out. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network
you're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. It's time for our final segment. We typically call it the crystal ball. We're going to look ahead to the future. I'm going to ask Frank Vrabel to kick this off from Semantic Visions. Frank, five years from today, 2018, mid-year, where will you be? Where will Semantic Visions be? Will it still be yours? And what will the climate be for encouraging or the reverse, discouraging serial entrepreneurs from waking up and saying, what do I want to do to change the world today? Talk to me, Frank Vrabel. I'm going to give you a minute and a half. You know, um, we have a large web mining system that is, in many aspects, more powerful than Google. We are aggregating vast amounts of data and concentrate the knowledge which is dispersed in millions of, of documents into actionable intelligence. So this is mm-hmm. what we are doing, actually. And having this experience, <clears throat> I know that big data can provide us with much more answers and value at the end uh, than uh, we are able to ask for. Simply, there is much more to discover than we can even imagine. So, uh, my view to the future is that uh, there will be much more powerful analytical tools, but mainly visualization tools that, um, uh, that will include uh, large-scale holographic zoom-in, zoom-out visualizations, which will help us you know, to fully understand the complex, abstract problems and mainly inspire our brains uh, with new thoughts. So this is my vision for the future that will for sure happen. Will you still be with Semantic Visions? Where will the company be in five years? Can you give us a quick prediction on that? I think sooner or later some of the big players uh, will will acquire our company. So Mm -hmm. if this is the case, um, I'm not sure that uh, I will stay with, uh, with, uh, with a big company. But uh, we'll see what will happen. My mind is uh, generating a lot of new ideas. I bet it is. And one quick thing also, Frank Vrabel, please, word of advice for young entrepreneurs, young meaning new entrepreneurs. It has nothing to do with their age, of course. So I don't mean somebody necessarily in their 20s or 30s. It could be an entrepreneur in their 50s or 60s or older, somewhere in between. What are your words of wisdom? What should they be thinking about right now if they want to succeed? Give me a quickie. Uh, they should be passionate, uh, and they should be absolutely dedicated uh, to the case. And perseverance and patience is, uh, are the key factors that will help them to succeed. Thank you, Frank Vrabel. Appreciate that. Rick Dutta, you're up. Next Vision X. And by the way, Rick, I noticed all your company names end in the letter X. I was curious about that. But tell me, where will you be in five years? Where will be Next Vision X be in five years? Will you still be with them? And what are your words of wisdom for new entrepreneurs? Rick? Yes, IX means intelligent execution, right? Uh, we are helping retailers make intelligent execution. And so when you talk about five years from now, uh, where do we see retail going? You know, you, like you think about uh, online orders being delivered directly to your door by a pilotless FedEx delivery drone. Think about mm-hmm. that. And, and all the way to your doorstep uh, by a Google, uh, without a, a Google car without a driver, right? 
So that's mm. where retail is moving. And so where I see uh, us in this uh, ecosystem is we want to play a major role in this evolution of retail. We want to be the player in this providing decision-making analytics application to the retailers and the consumer brand industry. Uh, we see uh, we want to replicate the story of SAP. We are in the ec- ecosystem out there. Um, you know, just as you saw SAP move over the last uh, 20 years, in being mm-hmm. a leader in the space, uh, in their space, we want to be one of the leaders out there, okay, leveraging companies like SAP out there. And that's where we see ourselves, I guess, from now, playing in this field. Okay, and give me one sentence of advice for new entrepreneurs, please, Rick Dutta. Uh As I said earlier, you have to have the willingness to fail, and mm-hmm. you have to be passionate about innovating. Wonderful. Thank you. Key words of wisdom. Dan Summers, CEO of Warwick Analytics. Dan, where will you be? Five years? Where will Warwick be? And words of wisdom. I can give you about a minute and a half. So where I'll be, I'd like to think I'll be on a beach, but I I won't. I've proven it in the past. I'm too restless. So whatever happens to Warwick, I'll be doing something else for sure. And I think the other two gents, knowing them well, will as well. All three of them, in fact. Warwick, we're all about changing old industry. The manufacturing industry has gone through some changes, and we're software that finds root causes and, and solves problems on the fly. Uh, we think we call it manufacturing 3.0, manufacturing 1.0, industrial revolution, manufacturing 2.0, Six Sigma, lean manufacturing, all these things. But you still have recalls. They're all things that make the press, be it Chrysler, be it uh, Boeing, be it all these things you read about, and all the things you don't. And we passionately believe that we can get to what's called zero defect, where products can be made uh, and have no defects, either in the factory or outside. We think it's a realistic vision. We're here to change the world. As everyone says, that's what an entrepreneur gets up in the morning to do. Mm-hmm. So I want to bring the world zero defects. Okay. Give me one sentence of advice for new entrepreneurs, and we're going to move to cost up quickly. Go ahead, Dan. So you've got to be bloody-minded, and you've got to know when to take advice. And the trick is balancing which one, which at any particular point. Thank you, Dan. Great. Cost, if you're going to wrap us up here, I can give you a minute and a half. Talk to me. You're the VP and Global Program Lead for SAP Startup Focus. Where will you be? Where will the Startup Focus Program be in five years? And quick words of wisdom for entrepreneurs. Go. Sure thing. Um, as I did with the others, Bonnie, a super quick anecdote. Uh, the three startups uh, on the show today, Next Vision, X, Warwick Analytics, and Semantic Visions, actually had the um, – the good fortune of meeting with the entire SAP supervisory board earlier this month. Mm. And um, and Frank was speaking, if I could poke a little bit of gentle fun here, Frank, uh, was speaking with uh, Hasso, uh, with Hasso Plattner and talking about his experience with the startup program. And he was generally very positive about it and saying the startup program has been great and then ended his pitch out there saying the startup program is completely worthless. And... <laughs> I was standing there with my head in, the, in my hand saying, Frank, the word is priceless. The word is priceless. <laughs> so if Hasso does take Frank at his word, then I may not have a job at SAP too much longer. But, uh, um, but uh, very seriously, though, I think uh, SAP, where there's lots and lots of exciting technologies which are in the works. And uh, if things go our way, uh, you know, HANA will continue to grow and these startups mm-hmm. will continue to grow along with us. And we'll find new technologies, and hopefully I'll find myself uh, doing the tick of this mix. 
um, you know, helping again in some way tied to entrepreneurship and, and growth of uh, of these young companies, which so richly deserve support. One sentence of of encouragement. I've got thirty seconds to get out of here. So one 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 sentence of encouragement, Costa, and then I'm going to wrap. Go ahead. I think startups and entrepreneurship are the business equivalent of extreme sports. So anybody who is going Beautiful. into into this really has to be ready for those moments of sheer terror and also those complete sublime moments of glory. And Extremely if you well said. For it, that's perfect. <laughs> go, go for it. Okay, time for me to do my predictions. Next week, Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific. You don't want to miss this one. The new CMO in the age of customer experience. We are going to have first time on the show the CMO of SAP, Jonathan Becker, and he'll be joined by the Pulse Network and Digital Clarities, Alan Bondi, and perhaps a surprise CMO. Do not miss this episode. I want to thank my special guest, Frank. Grable, Grable, Rick Dutta, Dan Summers, Costa Mitro. Wonderful. Thanks for sharing your stories, your insights, words of wisdom. You were charming and wonderful. Shout out to Aslan Nogri Carr. I hope I didn't mispronounce that. Costa, Malcolm, Kimberlyn, Brad, Ryan, and the Business Channel team for supporting the show. Aslan and Costa, great topic. Thanks for bringing it. Here's my call to action. Put your seatbelt on, kids, and fasten it tight. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer. Today, I'm Bonnie D. Graham for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. We'll see you right here next week on the Business Channel. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.